I'm really excited about this week's Nerdables. We are joined by Jeff Hoffman from Sony PlayStation. He's one of their regional reps that goes around to all of the uh, retailers to make sure that all the demos are correct and the store associates know all the information that they're supposed to pass out to you guys. So he just got back from E3 and has got some exclusive information about the PlayStation 4 and some titles that may not have been mentioned. He brought back some pretty cool swag for us to give out to you guys. So this is going to be the first time that we ever offer a gift to you. So the first five people that leave us a comment, um, like us on Facebook, or even say hi to us, or just give us a shout out in general, will receive the God of War Hero Pack downloadable content, which allows you to play as Perseus, Orion, Achilles, and Odysseus. You also get a Last of Us poster, which we're going to give out to the first 15 people that like us on Facebook or leave us a comment on iTunes. So if you're the first five, you're going to get two cool prizes. But if you're in the top 15, you're going to get a really, really cool poster. So sit back, enjoy the show, and let us know what you think. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the latest session of the Nerdables podcast. This episode is all about the games. We bring you comprehensive coverage of E3, the premier event in gaming. This week, we're joined by a special guest, Mr. Jeff Hoffman, who joins the discussion with Nerdable regulars Rich Rain, Travis Jones, and Ethan Benjamin. Gentlemen, hello. How are you? Hey. hey. Jeff is joining us via Skype. How are you doing, Jeff? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. We're uh, very happy to have you with us. Have somebody who actually knows what the hell they're talking about on here. Um, Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Let the listeners know what uh, what you're all about. I work for Sony Computer Entertainment America. My title is PlayStation representative, and it's my market is just north of the L.A. market. So I do a lot of the retail visits and educating all the employees on what's new with PlayStation. So that way, when customers go in and talk to the employees, they know what they're talking about. I'm glad somebody's taking care of that. He's a big. You shot. guys, you guys all worked in game stores before, right? Yeah, Travis that's how we met. Yes, yes. You guys all did. That's yeah. how I met Jeff. Did you guys have reps at the time come in and tell you all about the game? I never had like a rep. That? Well, it's because you really weren't on the game side. But no, no, no. But I worked at uh, another one over in. Uh, oh, uh, but yeah, t- yeah. They don't count. So yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's an echo, but um, yeah, that's how I actually met Jeff was through. Uh, was through it was the, game crazy. Was through game crazy, yeah, exactly. And it was funny because back then, even you were the only regular rep we had. Nintendo kind of had one, but they kept going through a lot of different people. And Microsoft, at that time, their only their only reps were from the computer side, so they really didn't know anything about the Xbox. Well, not even that; it was somebody that well, was I can so. Comment on that actually is because the Microsoft reps actually don't work for Microsoft; they work mm-hmm. for an outsourced company called Mosaic. Right. Only Nintendo and Sony do the reps work for the parent company. Ooh, inside information from the PlayStation rep. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, at that time, it was like the only thing we, that Microsoft would do: they'd walk in, they would just make sure that the demo was on, and they would drop off some Microsoft slash Xbox type pins or whatnot. But sign that was in about and it. Sign out and then leave. Yeah. So. 
We'd have Jeff come in, and he was actually the most knowledgeable. And I think he was actually the one that got me to like PlayStation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> could have fooled me. Yeah. One conversion down. <laughs> it was oh, a no. it, it was a half conversion. No, I'm Jeff. Still... Jeff, he still loves Xbox. Yeah, oh. he's a he's a fanboy. I'm not a fanboy. I can't be a fanboy if I have both systems. Yes, you, you can. can be. Uh, yeah, you can, can be if you prefer one. Yes, this exactly. is the only one of us that was arguing about the whole Xbox debacle and how Xbox is great. Yes, defend that's them. Because defend them to your grave. That's because I can see. Well, we see. love all gamers, though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, hey, all gamers are good. So you guys had a discussion before, so let's let's table that for the moment. All right. <laughs> so, Jeff, you've attended E3s before, correct? Yes, I have. Okay. I've also worked um, in the past. Yeah, you attended this year's as a fan, though. You weren't there as a representative of, uh, of yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, it's actually more fun for me to attend on my own volition. That way, I don't have to work it, and I'm allowed more time to actually browse uh, the rest of the booths and see what's new. Because when you're working it, you are working it. And you only get a couple breaks, and you don't have time to enjoy the rest of the show. So this year, I decided to go on my own. So... Was there anything different in this year's? I know people had been talking about the fact that the conferences were held off-site and that there were, like, different rooms and whatever. You had, I think both of you had mentioned that, that it was kind of held all, all over L.A. Well, it's been like that for a few years yeah. now. Yeah. Was there a different feel to this one than in years past or anything like that? It was definitely bigger. Uh, in the years, I mean, it's always been at the L.A. Convention Center for years, and I know the ESA has renewed the contract through 2016, so it will continue to be at the L.A. Convention Center but what I did notice this year is that there were a lot more booths on the outside, if you will. There were a lot more tents. Crave Entertainment was on the outside. There were there were food trucks. So it like spread to about two blocks outside of the convention center. Completely outside the convention center, like out in Absolutely. out in the air where <laughs> gamers usually don't uh, don't congregate. Well, I think because Microsoft, I know I know them for for, uh, for fact because Travis mentioned for um, that their conference they were opening it up to non E three attendees to be able to go if you showed up early enough. So it sounds like even doing it outside some, they were trying to get people that weren't able to actually attend the conference that could actually be there to you know enjoy some of the festivities. Would, uh, do you think that's right, Jeff? Yeah, it was definitely one of the biggest attendee, uh, the, the attendance list, because there were over 40,000 people that attended and I think the average was like 30,000. So a lot more people definitely showed up. And it felt like it, too. There were some booths that I was, I felt like cattle. Right. Okay. Go to Comic-Con one year, Jeff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you were able to attend the Sony conference. Uh, that was Monday of the show, right? It was Monday that evening. Was Monday, Monday evening. evening. Yep. Um, yeah, it was Monday evening. So, but you, like you said, you attended as a fan, not as a Sony rep. So from, as a fan point of view, in the room itself, was there? How did it feel in there? Like, what was the buzz? What was the excitement for it? What was? Was there anything that, when they put it up on the screen, it got you know a really big reaction or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys actually watched the press conference, but right before it started, I mean, people just kind of felt excited because the Xbox press conference already happened earlier in the day, and now everyone just wanted to see what Sony's press conference was all about. And you could feel the excitement even before it started. Did they uh, even? But watch... No, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, ask you because uh, there was a, like a twenty-minute delay when the press conference started. Did they ever give a reason why that happened or what was going on? Uh, I think we were still waiting for people to buzz in because there were so many people that. By the way, this was at the um, the Coliseum, and people were still coming in, and we were just waiting for everybody to get seated. And it took about another half hour to get everybody seated. 
they were being divas about it, right? Is that it? They they always have to be fashionable. But they, uh, they, I'm sorry. Did you just say that the press conference for Sony was held at the L.A. Coliseum, like the Olympic Coliseum? No, the is the sports arena. Don't they call it the ah. Coliseum? Wait, sports arena. You mean you mean a, in you, Staples Center? Sta- Across the no, no, street? No, it's about a mile south of the L.A. Convention Center. I think it's the sports arena. Hmm. I thought it was called the Coliseum. I could be wrong. No, the Coliseum's actually um, over at getting, USC. Now we're getting the arguments about Los Angeles. Yeah, it, <laughs> Coliseum's USC, where you see uh, – wow. Oh, is that USC the place where the plays. Clippers used to play? The L.A. Sports Arena? Isn't that where the Clippers I think it's yeah. the L.A. Sports yeah. Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it's the L.A. Sports Arena. Was, and I yeah. swore I saw a sign at the Coliseum. Maybe yeah, it was – You might not be wrong. But it might be right there close to the Coliseum. think I think it's right around the Coliseum. Okay. So during the conference, Jeff, what got the biggest reaction in your in your? Uh, Believe it or not, the loudest. I mean, when you're sitting, and by the way, I was actually sitting in the middle of the arena, so there were a lot of applause and happiness from certain games. But the biggest one, believe it or not, which actually was surprising, was when uh, Jack showed the uh, slide that PS4 was going to pl- uh, play all used games, <laughs> and it was that was actually the biggest uh, applause, uh, which which is kind of weird for us that it's. It was people touted as a new feature, and it's not. It's a model that we've been doing since uh, the PS3. Well, I Actually, think PS2. I think the PS1. biggest one was because of what Microsoft had just announced with everything. And, you know, there, there's an echo. right. So we felt like we had to mention it or just remind everybody, hey, we're not gonna, you know, require you to authenticate your discs. You know, I mean, once you buy that software license on disc, that's your license. You can do whatever you want with it. You can trade it, you can sell it, you can give it away, or you can keep it forever. So let me ask you this, Jeff, because you mentioned that the Microsoft conference was earlier. Did you feel like the PlayStation conference, that there were specific points that they brought up as specifically counteracting what Microsoft had already um, announced? No. In fact, uh, one of the things that people will say, because our conference was later and we announced the price, and I think everybody knows by now the PS4 is $399, which is $100 less than our competition. When Microsoft announced their price earlier in the day, we were already at the booth inside the LA Convention Center. When they announced their price, we already knew our price at the time. We're like, oh, that's more than ours, even though it wasn't public yet. Right. So well, I know that I don't Sony want, had I don't mentioned. Want people to think that we undercut them because of their price. Well, I know that Sony had mentioned um, during the. Uh, one of the interviews, I think it was with Game Trailers, that uh, a lot of the reps were sitting backstage when the announcement was made from Microsoft about the price, and they were kind of relieved because they knew that with the PlayStation 4 they wouldn't be able to drop it any you know any lower because of all the features and everything. But they were glad that Microsoft went $100 more because in that way it at least gave them some breathing room and some clout with gamers. And that could be I, I can't comment on Game Trailers, but I, I do know that we had our price set before xbox's press conference were there any other points in the sony conference that you felt like were you know directly related to what xbox had already come out some of the stuff that you know gamers had already i would say not directly i mean everything was already scripted and uh there was there was no last minute changes as far as i'm aware of were you able to see the xbox conference earlier in the day uh no only what i've been hearing uh Somebody was watching it on their laptop, and we just wanted to know what their price was going to be. That was the main thing. Okay. So we talked a lot about consoles. You guys had a podcast like two weeks ago about consoles. So I'm going to keep it a little short, but let's just talk about the positives of each. And, Jeff, if you want to skip the Xbox one, you, you can you can go ahead and do <laughs> that. Um, 
you know, we've, we've had a lot of discussion about the Xbox One, some of its limitations, but let's talk about the positives of it. What do you guys see as the positives of the Xbox One? Now that they got, they did their whole DMR, DRM reversal, there's a lot more positives. Well, I, I think that's got to be the first thing we point out is that, you know, uh, a week after E3, Sony has immediately pulled the 180. Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft. I'm sorry. Sony did fine. Microsoft pulled a complete 180 and pulled back, released a statement announcing that they are dropping the DRM. They're dropping the 24-hour online check-in. They're dropping their trade-in policy. They're dropping their selling used game policy to basically match what they had already been doing with the Xbox 360 and previously with all their work. And, uh, you know, they, they basically had no choice but to listen to the, to the people uh, in the, you know, universe basically the going nuts about it. Right. Um, Which we, we kind of talked about that last week, that that, was, that had to happen. That Microsoft had to make this. Well, I think it also didn't hurt that they had millions of pre-order cancellations the well, week following E3. Because I, it wasn't of all really this. it wasn't really cancellations because I was in GameStop the other day and I asked them about the um, the pre-orders for the Xbox and for the PlayStation. They said, "Well, we started doing it for the Xbox, but then we stopped because he said I can't really elaborate, but a lot of it has to do with the used game policy." And I have a feeling GameStop said. We're not going to take pre-orders. We're not going to take this. And this is all my speculation. But if you're not going to be able to, we're going to lose customers with our used games. Because 30% of gamers use used games or trade-in games. And On that's some quite level. A bit. Yeah. Not so only that, but Microsoft is also going to be losing a lot of customers with that. Because like we talked about last week, it's, you know, that's a lot of the gamers nowadays are those budget gamers. That totally. Yeah, that, and that's where the 30% comes. So here's the breakdown for the DRM reversal. It says, Internet is no longer required except when initially setting up the system. System no longer restricts used games. Games can be exchangeable as before. Used games can be you know, sold, borrowed, traded, whatever. The system is no longer region locked, which means basically you can take your system anywhere in the world and play it. So there's no well, more region one, region two. from all over the world. You too. can also That's play correct. games from all over the world. Um, downloadable game function. The downloadable games will be you'll be able to use them whether you're online or not. Which right now with the 360, and I just found this out from using or playing Fables 3. If the system gets disconnected online, you have 10 minutes to reconnect to the si reconnect the system online, or the game will stop playing. So this downloadable function, whether you're online or not, is going to be an upgrade to their current policy. I think where we miss out on this whole uh, Xbox One DRM online always situation, uh, I think the biggest loss is there could have been a progression, and we discussed this before, there, there could have been a, a huge progression with video games in the general sense of going towards a cloud, going towards an a online, digital. going towards a digital era video game system where you have all your stuff stored online and especially the family share program, which you could have up to 10 dedicated people that could share your games at mm -hmm. any time and they could be completely online uh, digitals and those people could play those games in any Xbox One anywhere. So I think I think we missed a huge slice with that. Sure. But they overstepped so hard and they might not have had a horrible idea overall, but with how hard they made that jump, uh, they really, really hurt themselves, and they had to backpedal really hard. Right. Not to go too far off on the tangent, but let me ask this because there's something I was reading yesterday. 
um, about the whole reversal is that gamers do like having a physical copy in their hand. It's something that they enjoy. Do you guys feel that way? It, do we think we'll Absolutely. ever get to the point where it's all of our major games are digital only, that everything is downloadable? I think we'll get to that point. And it, it's basically because it, it's, it's not like having a comic book in your hand where you get the smell, the feel, the texture, everything like that. With a game, there are, you, you store so many games that you got to keep. You are risk the chance of them scratching, things like this. And if it be if it's more accessible, like if I go over to Ethan's house or Travis's house or your house, and all I have to do is log on to my profile, and there's the game, then I, I don't have to worry about having that physical copy with me. Now, from the other side, uh, I grew up with games. I grew up with collecting games. I know people in history have collected stamps, coins, all kinds of stuff. I kind of fall under the category of a video game collector. So I like having that retail copy in my hot little hands. I like having a disc. I do know Steam Online, Valve and Steam, everything is 100% digital, and that's extremely popular, and it's gaining popularity. And so is, look at what happened with music and CDs going to MP3. And that's so what I was going to say. There's a direction. There's a definitely a direction towards digital. But for me, being part of the old school, and I may be aging myself, but starting with Nintendo NES at the beginning and to where I am now, I've always liked having Atari Nintendo. 2600, buddy. And, yeah, about and that's where I started. Well, wait, yeah. Real quick, though, before we get to Jeff, I just want to say, with the mobile apps and mobile gaming now, we're start. We're already seeing a lot more digital games, and people are starting to get that feel in their hand of how he's having. Except digital. I think the difference of that is a mobile game costs you five bucks, and a and a game's costing you sixty five. But that's the other thing. Is, that's the other thing is a digital copy will probably be a lot cheaper than actually having the. Well, we'll have to see what goes on with that. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. Jeff, how about you? Do you think that we're going to go to a digital only uh, future in the near future? I guess. I wouldn't say near future, but I think it'll definitely happen in our lifetime. So, Jeff, sell me the PS4. Well, first I want to just talk a little bit about the design because I know a lot of people want to know what certain boxes look like. I personally don't really care what a certain box looks like because once it's in my entertainment cubbyhole, then I'm good because I'm looking at what's on the screen and not staring at the box. Thank you. I, I totally agree. But uh, if you remember the PlayStation 1, uh, we kind of had like this circular surface here just because the advent of CD-ROM technology was fairly new, especially for a console. Uh, and then after the PlayStation 1, uh, the PlayStation 2 came out, and it was very, very rectangular. There was really, really uh, nothing, in my opinion, exciting about it. I mean, it had these like cool ridges, but ultimately it was just a rectangle box. Uh, and then obviously then it was just slimmed down and kept the same design. PlayStation 3 kind of had this uh, curvature over it, and we've kept that uh, through the different iterations of the PlayStation 3. Now, for the PlayStation 4, um, we actually went a different route. Now, the size of it, because we actually had it there at E3, and you can look up online the exact dimensions. It's smaller. But people want to, to know what the uh, ballpark uh, size is, and I would say it's, a, it's bigger than the PS2 Slim, but smaller than the PS2 fat. So it's kind of like in between. Uh, the other thing is too, is you could still put it up uh, vertically, uh, just like our other systems. I personally would like to have it horizontal. Now, let me just so show you a side shot here. I know our listeners can't see it, but they can uh, definitely check out the pictures online. Yeah, Jeff, we're gonna put up all those pictures on our website too. Hey, so. Which is very, which... very typical of Japanese architecture. So it's very simple, but unique. I like it. Hey Jeff, real quick, yeah. because you, the audience obviously doesn't know that we're showing you're showing us pictures. 
but will we be able to put some of these up on our Facebook page or up on our, uh, you know, up on our website? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the pictures are public now, so if you just do a search on PS4 images, I mean, you can definitely grab these same images and put them up. So, hey, real quick on the controller, there's a touchscreen in the middle of the controller. Is that a fully functional truck? Uh, touchscreen or is it just a smaller screen that you're gonna it's actually a touchpad touch and it is fully functional and it's great for browsing the internet and certain games will utilize the user interface uh, the touchpad itself is actually a button so you can actually click the button on the touchpad uh, the controller will also have uh, this light bar right in front of it which will mimic the move but it's not going to replace uh, the move motion controller in fact, if you actually have the move, it will work on the PS4. You don't need to buy any extra motion controllers. And if you don't, it's forty nine ninety nine for a new move controller. So we're so, gonna yeah, so we're, to make sure to point that out. And really, and really quick, you guys are gonna play, uh, Sony PlayStation is gonna be continuing with the move. Is there going to be an enhancement or an upgrade towards the move system as it exists right now? Yes. In fact, uh, the eye camera that comes out for the PlayStation Four is a dual camera and that's to get even more depth with the move uh, we didn't really uh, focus a lot on the move games I mean we just wanted to focus on a lot of the you know obviously regular controller games but move will still be a focus now I did watch a, a full demo of uh, a gentleman being shown how to use the new controller uh, via the touchscreen and via the light bar and how it interacts with the PS4 and the move, and he was throwing little mini robots into the controller and shaking them around uh, in live 3D action and then throwing them out of the controller by using the touchscreen. You know, is it sky's the limit for what we can do with this new controller? I think so. I mean, developers are very creative, and I can't wait to see what they come up with next. Well, I know one of the cool features between the camera and the new DualShock is the fact that the light bar... The, the actual move or the actual camera can see that light bar and distinguish how many players are in the room and where they're sitting in the positioning and it will put you accordingly on the screen. So uh, like if you you're doing multiplayer, yep. you know, if you're sitting on my left, it'll put you on the top corner, I'll be towards you know, bottom center and so on around the table. Thank you, technology. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and a little touch too, the color will actually change depending on what player it is. Oh, that's awesome. Blue to, to red. All right, so we've covered the Xbox One, we've covered the PS4. Does anybody care about the Wii U? Yeah, no, well, the, yeah. Wii U, the Wii U, Wii U does should get we go, us... Should we go back to the prices, though? Because now we, we know that the Xbox three or the Xbox One, and I do have to do this as playing as being the part of the Xbox person, we do know that the Xbox is $100 more than the PlayStation 4. Right. But the camera is sold separately, which is $60. And if you don't have a move controller from a PS3, and you want to get a move, so that way you can do all the motion, uh, motion gaming and everything that the Xbox does. You will need to now spend five hundred and ten dollars, which is ten dollars more than the Xbox. And I'm doing this, uh, Jeff. I'm not trying to, you know, stir up anything, but I'm just trying to do this as showing both sides of the, the scenario here. So no, that's right. And and I will intercut here that, uh, you know, the the Connect is actually required for the Xbox One, which is why they have to bundle it. The move is not required for any of our games, nor is the eye camera. That was right. the point I was just about to bring up, Jeff. But I think the difference is, hold on, the difference is, is that Xbox 
is forcing you to buy a connect no matter what on sure. your base system. And it always has so, to be yeah. connected. Sure. No. no matter what. The connect always has to be the connected. The connect yes. always has to be connected. But the PS4 can go without move, without the AI. But my point is, if you are wanting to be able to do the same, a lot of the same gaming the motion functions, controlling. the motion controlling, mm -hmm. you're going to have to spend these extra things to do it. Yeah, Which but brings that's your choice. That's your choice. But here's my follow-up question. Jeff, do you know if PlayStation is going to offer a bundle pack with the camera to at a reduced price? So, like, you'd get the camera for, like, maybe half off, so it'd still only make the price of the system go up by, what, $25 or $30? Yeah, they have not announced any bundles yet. Uh, the $399 price point is just for the core system and the controller, which does include a 500-gig hard drive. Okay. Okay, interesting. So then the next question becomes, because, Jeff, you were saying that the uh, the eye for the PS4 uh, recognizes the new PlayStation controller. Can the new PlayStation controller interact with the move and be used partially as a move controller, so to speak? Kind of like Yes, it, it can, but it is totally up to the developer, and it depends on the game. Now, this was something that was done with the PlayStation 3 with the 6-axis, and it didn't work overly well and ended up getting dropped. Um, is it going, I mean, is this something that's a new technology that's going to be a little bit better than what that was? Well, what was dropped was the requirement that every game had to use the six axis, like the, the first gen games, right? That's right. what was dropped, but there are some games that actually utilizes the six axis momentarily. So it, again, it's up to the developer, but we're not requiring developers to make use of the six axis. Okay, let's let's move on because you mentioned the, the Wii U. So yeah, let's talk, talk about, about the Wii U. Let's talk about the Wii so U. So the the Wii U has a much smaller CPU system. It's got a weaker video card. Right. It's got a a tiny uh, hard drive, and it's like, well, great. So it's weaker than these other two systems on this new net, like this next next gen of gaming. But the difference being, you've got this giant tablet controller, which really also you know like the ps4 controller and much like the connect enhancement it adds a, glass. It, it adds a whole new dimension to gaming mm -hmm. that we have yet to see really realized and integrated and, and put together so uh you know nintendo was much smaller at e3 this year uh they weren't as outwardly uh promoting their stuff this year uh, we we didn't see very many independent titles at all, like no real new IPs. Maybe a here a couple here or there. Nothing new. It's just basically but a extensions lot of, of previous IPs. A lot of rebuilds and remakes and rehashes of games that they had already done, and that's all right with me. Just because when I think of Nintendo, for me, I think of my Super Mario's, my Donkey Kong's, my Zelda's, all that kind of stuff. Um, the thing is, is I think. They're going for a much more simple social gaming idea, and the other guys are going for the core gamers. And I think that really still, since the Wii came out, is the separation between the two and the one. Right. Hey, Jeff, how big was Nintendo's um, presence at E3 last year since they did introduce the Wii U? Their booth was actually about the same size, but they had a lot of large sets that you can get pictures with so they had like a large donkey kong there uh that you can get pictures they had pikmin there they had mario uh but as far as the gameplay i only saw like two major aisles of actual gameplay was that this year or last year 
Uh, this year. Okay. La- what was their presence last year? Because last year they did introduce the new hardware, and I'm just wondering if their presence wasn't as big because they didn't because they have did hardware. Right. They already did it last year. They don't have hardware to show. All they have are these games, and they didn't have very many new or first-party IPs, so they didn't really need to spend as much, and their press conference wouldn't be more than just introducing a couple new games, which it wasn't. Well, I must admit that I actually was not at E3 last year, so I can't compare it to last year's. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so let's get into the game. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a question, and we'll just do a roundtable for all four of you guys. Um, Jeff, I'm going to start with you. What do you think was the biggest game news in terms of an actual game that came out of E3? Well, are you asking me for my personal favorites? Or yes, what do you think yeah, just... your, your, your personal feelings. What was the biggest game? What did, like, just really floor you or was like the most the most surprising news what was the biggest game news that you got when you came out of uh, E3 well actually uh, the biggest game I think was still going to be The Last of Us now this is a game that was already announced a long time ago in fact it was announced at last year's E3 so everybody knew about this game it was not a new title because everybody has already heard of it but the presence at E3 was still uh, very large in fact the Last of Us demo had more lines waiting to play it more than any other title that we had. Okay, cool. Travis, what did you think was the biggest game news coming out of E3? Uh, there are so many options for this answer right now because you've got you gotta, you Titan. Give me one. I know, but you got Titanfall, Infamous Second Son, Destiny, Watch Dogs, Thief, Transistor. Which, which one is your favorite? Which one made, made you the, the most one, excited? Now, uh, the one that got me the most jazzed up out of all of them, it's got to be Titanfall. Titanfall was the one with the mechs roaming around, with guys fighting. With it has an interesting, uh, you know, they had a slightly glitchy uh, alpha uh, reveal at the Xbox One conference, but overall looked and sounded amazing. And Jeff, you said you had some news on Titanfall. I do, I do. Um, I I have to tell you, I don't. Can, can you see me? I have this magazine from uh, E3 Show Daily. Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's got some good materials in it. And when I was reading uh, this article, so really, on really the- quick, Jeff, just for the folks at home that don't know what he's talking about, uh, every day at E3 every year, they basically have a news magazine that comes out, and there's you know the the hits and the news and the stuff you should check out on the show floor for each day. And so he's got one of these magazines now that has basically some highlights on developers and some highlights on games and booths to go visit at E3. It's basically the prog- program, the program, the program of the day. It's the program of the day for the day. show. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, so go it, ahead, Jeff. So in this one, Jeff, yeah, what and, was it? And Titanfall was definitely a, a very large presence at the Xbox conference. Um, let me just read a, a piece of the article here. Uh, it says, The press conference closed out with a brand-new franchise, Titanfall, a multiplayer-centric first-person shooter developed by Respawn Entertainment and published by Electronic Arts coming spring 2014. The game is exclusive to both Xbox consoles and Windows 8. Now, then EA had their own conference, and there's an article on that, and then it says here, EA demonstrated its intense new sci-fi shooter, Titanfall, developed by Respawn Entertainment and due in spring 2014 for Xbox 360, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. I'm sorry, what? And PlayStation 4. Now... Because obviously there's a discrepancy in these articles, I went to the EA booth and I talked, I found one of the product managers and I forgot his name. And he said, because I asked him, I said, look, uh, and I showed him the article. I said, it says here it's coming for PlayStation 4. 
And he says, well, officially I can't answer anything. But then he says, but what you read is true. <laughs> so I will tell you true? that Titanfall is coming to PlayStation 4. Now, it might not be at the same time as the Xbox. In fact, Xbox might have a six-month exclusivity deal. They like to do that sort of thing. But it will be coming to the PlayStation 4. Awesome. Wow. That's well, huge news. I noticed that it, I noticed this happened a couple of times at E3 where um, there was a conference or an interview or something where somebody would say, yes, it's an exclusive title, and it would end up not being. Or they would give the insinuation that it was an exclusive title, and it ended up not being. There was also a lot of talk, and this is hearsay that has not, not been confirmed 100%. But there was talk that Microsoft was actually giving bonuses and special deals to certain publishers and developers that would only show their game at the Microsoft booth or at the Microsoft press conference just as long as they did not mention that they were also going to have the game for the PlayStation 4 as well. The seedy underbelly of the seedy well, underbelly think, of the that, E3. I think that Shady could be said shit. for all of the, all of the you know, publishers and all of the I guess console, you know, distributors or whatever. Sure. They all have that to a degree where they don't want to necessarily mention that it's going to be on another system when you know they want everybody to come to theirs. Um, a big one was uh, Kingdom Hearts Three. During an interview, one of the PlayStation you know executives was asked the question: Is this going to be exclusive to the PlayStation Three or the PlayStation Four? And he real quickly went, oh, well, there's going to be 20 exclusive titles and 40 of them that are going to have exclusive content. And it was like, so, yes, that's and, – and it was never clearly brought up if Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to be both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, which so everybody knows So you're it is. saying double talk. There was a lot of double talk. And it's done like that on purpose. Okay, so let's get back to the question. Rich, what did you feel was the biggest, biggest game? What got you most excited about E3? It's hard to tell because there, it's a loaded question because there's first-party titles – and then there's the third-party titles. And just for you, personally, as a gamer, what did you see and go, oh, my God, that's what I want? Or this, that was so shocking. That was so surprising. Was it Kingdom Hearts 3? Was it Kingdom Hearts 3. Well, was Kingdom it? Hearts 3 was one of those titles that has been talked about for years, and no one's ever really come out and said, yeah, we're going to do another one. They've done it for the handheld systems. But now with the fact that, that Disney owns Marvel, Disney owns Star Wars, Disney owns Pixar, now there's an opportunity where... In Kingdom Hearts 3, you can go to all these different worlds, which is very exciting. Um, but see, there was another game, ba Star Wars Battlefront, was another game that came out that was surprised everybody, that everybody had said it wasn't going to happen. Disney had said they weren't going to be releasing any games once they bought LucasArts. Um, but not talking about all the back home, all the, the potentials and stuff like that. I'm just asking you, as a gamer, what did you see that got you excited? As a gamer... For the PlayStation one 4, one thing. the Order 1886 is probably one of the games that made me say, I was going to get the system, but now I definitely got to buy that system. But so what was it about that game that made you want to buy that system? Um, it's steampunk. It's set okay. in Victorian London. It's set in Whitechapel. Um, there's presumably werewolves. Any pirates? No, pa you're no. thinking of... Uh, Assassin's Creed. No, I was just saying because that would probably be the instant selling point for Rich. There. Of okay. course it is. So, Ethan, what was your what was your Ethan, biggest game? What was the most boy? exciting? I mean, other than Last of Us? Um, it could be Last of Us. If that's you what can it is. always say Last of Us. I, was, I mean, like, to be honest with you, that's the only game I was looking forward to. Uh, I haven't really even looked at most of the games that were released. 
other than like Destiny that looked interesting, but Last of Us was the one that really caught my eye. Okay. Well, see, okay. but here's the thing: each of these systems had something that was really coming out that was going to be really right. Good but I'm not bad. talking system specific. I'm just talking. There's got to be one overwhelming thing. Like for me, as someone who doesn't care as much because I don't own one of these systems or I don't know if I'm going to own one of these systems, but I was a huge Kingdom Hearts fan. That was the biggest announcement for me, so mm. that was it. I could care less about the rest of it, but that was my kind of thing. I, see, I also think Next question. Destiny, Destiny could be one of the biggest games ever. Destiny is out. overreaching, man. I hope it turns out well, but man, that looks like an overwhelming title. I, who knows if okay. they're going to pull that one off. So the next question is, did anything underwhelm you? Let me start with you, Jeff. Was there anything that was announced that was like really just below your expectations in, term of ga- in terms of games? Are you saying uh, something that was announced, but... Uh, it just wasn't, wasn't what you expected. It was sort of like... Ugh. Yeah, it was actually uh, a game called Murdered Soul Suspect. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the trailer for it, but uh, it's basically... It reminds me of Ghost. Uh, the trailer that they showed uh, shows your character uh, dead on the street, and uh, the killer is hovering over... Uh, the character and yet you see yourself and then he gets up he walks right through him and and then it kind of ends there so you got to solve your own murder and for me i kind of like detective type of games but um i don't know i i it's something Just wasn't to look what you forward expected. to hopefully it's going to be good hopefully there was another game like that not too long ago that came out that was uh where you had to solve your own murder literally solve your own murder the game killed you and then you had to solve it yourself solve your own murder yeah Travis, what was your? Is there anything that you were looking forward to when you got it, and you were just like, ugh? Yes. In terms of games. Uh, in terms of games, uh, not so. There, there were a couple misses. Uh, Assassin's Creed Four. I was expecting a little bit more from Killer Instinct. Didn't. It was one of those things that as soon as they said Killer Instinct, I was like, oh my god, really? And then they started showing it, and yeah, it's an alpha, but they started showing it. I was like, eh, it doesn't look that great. Um, it's just another fighter, and there's nothing special that I'm seeing about it. I'm no seeing. I'm not seeing any crazy special combo finishing moves. I'm not seeing any kind of cool stuff at the end. So, so I would say probably the the most underwhelming for me is Killer Instinct. Rich, what was your uh, underwhelming? Yeah, you know, when they first announced Killer Instinct at the, it was a, I think it was first announced at the Xbox. It was at Xbox, it was Xbox, Xbox One. It's yeah. supposed to be an Xbox exclusive. Uh huh. When they first showed it, it was like this. The same. I had the same feeling that they had in the room. It was this really great excitement, thinking. Finally, we're getting Killer Instinct, and then all of a sudden, it was nothing. You know, it was just kind of just a basic fighting game that I didn't really think really wowed me enough to say I've got to get that, or I've got to get the Xbox to get that, to get the, uh, to get that game. Right. You know, whereas with the PlayStation, with with Order and a couple of the others, the I'm Division. Going, yeah, the Division. I, I said God. I've got to get that system just so I can play that game. Cool. Ethan, anything for you that uh, that underwhelmed you? Anything you were looking forward to that uh, you just saw it and went, forget it? Um, like I said, I'm, I didn't really look out for a lot of the games. That so were basically, you saw play. Last of Us and then you were out. You just yeah. went to sleep. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, good. He That's passed cool. out after Last of Us. Okay, uh, Jeff, was there anything that you, any games that you saw that were kind of under the radar that weren't really covered that you got excited about? Something that that the fans should know about that maybe they wouldn't have seen in the in the big trade magazines or online or anything like that? Uh, I'm, I'm still going to go back to Murdered. Uh, Murdered not only was underwhelming, but I think it's a it's a title that uh, might grow as it gets closer. Cool. It was both. Travis, anything anything under the radar? Give me give me there, a game that I wouldn't have heard about. There are three games that every single person on the planet needs to know about, and hopefully they're as good as they looked at E3. Number one is Transistor. 
This is being made by Supergiant Games. They only had 10 minutes of gameplay. It's the people that made Bastion, which was my favorite game last year. It's this little, tot, like, 3D down, old-school-looking game. You have a, 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 a narrator throughout the entire game. This one's got a girl with this giant sword, and the, George, the sword's leading her through the game and talking to her, and the sword kind of becomes the narrator for the game. It looks amazing, and the narrating in it is unbelievable. That's number one. Number two is The Division which yeah. came out of nowhere and blindsided me with this this system uh, where you're going to be playing in-game, out-of-game. Uh, people are going to be coming in. Multiplayer will just, like, fall into your game, and who knows what will happen with that. And where's my last one? Uh, the last one is going to be Beyond Two Souls. Uh, Beyond Two Souls is coming out for the PS4. I think it's coming across all systems. But it's Willem Dafoe. Beyond Two Souls is actually PS3 exclusive. Oh, hey, look at that. Beyond Two Souls is Willem Dafoe and Ellen Page actually acting out the whole thing. And the whole idea behind this game is they're trying to blend a full cinematic experience while you actually play. So don't think of it in terms so much as I'm playing a character and playing a game. More you're playing through a movie. And if that actually works, that could really, really progress gaming and storytelling. Hopefully it'll be better than like dragon slayer or space ace or whatever yes but where it's move the move the controller, move the controller now. 20 minutes of screen time all right go now oh that game never worked that game ate work quarters than anything i've ever seen because everyone tried to get back i still the first love level. that game <laughs> it's developed by quantic dream who also did heavy rain and heavy rain was actually a very good title that a lot of people missed it's one of my favorites still i mean of all time games that i've played is heavy rain heavy rain was amazing rich anything under the radar that you want to talk about yeah, Rise, uh, uh, was it Rise, Son of Son of Rome? This looks like it could actually be Xbox's version of of uh, God of War. It it's one of those massive games where it's a lot of blood, guts. Feels like it has some gladiator type feel to it. Um, but I really think this game is going to be what God of War was when it first came out, and just completely shock everybody and be a massive game uh, that. No one really paid attention to. Let's hope. Let's give the let's give the mic back to Ethan so he can tell us that Last of Us is the underwhelming or the uh, <laughs> under the radar game. Under the radar game of E3. The only so game. the under the radar game is Last of Us. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, yeah. I guess I can't really say anything else. So in terms of systems and what's available, what you guys saw, was there a system that you know maybe beforehand you were going maybe I don't know. And then afterwards, you were definite. Uh, I think that you know, going through E3, the Wii U has a certain market. And people are going to love it. And certain people are going to enjoy it. Uh, I am a horrible human being because I cannot re remember the game right now. But there was a specific IP, a, a new title that was announced for the Wii U. That is giant robots, dinosaurs, and an island. I mean, that alone... Sounds awesome. Gi giant dino robot. Di giant giant dino robot. Thank island. you. Exactly I what you said. I think you just sold but, Chris on it. But that. But I mean, it, th so there's very interesting, fun stuff to do with the Wii U. And yes, they're going back to your old, your Super Mario's, your Donkey Kong's, your Pikmin. But those are fun games. And if they enhance them and make them better for the next generation, that's going to be great. So there is an interest in the Wii U. It's just not as powerful as the other two guys. Now, after those two other announcements and the xbox one debacle and everything i was going into e3 thinking oh my god i'm gonna have to decide 
between an Xbox One and a PS4, and I don't know which way to go. And after what happened with Microsoft, it very, very quickly was an obvious, I'm walking from Xbox One and I'm going to PS4. And it's going to take more than just dropping the DRM situation for me to go back to Xbox One. Now, down the road, it's very possible I'll have one. Uh, I'm a huge racing game fan, and they announced Forza 5. And for the first time in history, they announced that they're going to be doing open-wheel racing on that with IndyCar. They're going to be announcing IndyCars for it. That's a huge deal for me as a race fan and somebody who likes racing games. That's a huge deal. And with all the problems they had, I don't know if I'm going to get that Xbox One, and I'll be out of the Forza 5. On the other side, the PS4, man, it has everything going for it right now. They didn't try to reinvent the wheel. The games all look amazing. Uh, and there's some IP titles up out there that just are grabbing me and pulling me in. So for me, I'm, I'm leaning towards PS4 right now. So let me wait. Let me ask. Do you have an Xbox 360 and a PS3 right now? Or are you just I have just every system right now. You have every system that's ever existed. Of uh, all time. Almost. No, not you every have system. Uh, I had a ColecoVision, yes. I don't have all of them anymore, but as of right now, My the best current gen... had an Intellivision. Man, that thing was There awesome. you go. I always but wanted the As of right now, the current gen, I have a Wii, I have a, okay. a PS3, and I have a 360. Do you feel like anybody, Rich, do you, do you feel like anybody came out just miles better than when they went in? Because I know some people were saying, because the PS4 beforehand, they'd only show the controller. Now that they show the system, it seemed like it, they, they came oh, out Oh, I, I think that PlayStation, de Sony definitely came out on top. That this was their E3, and that had—I mean, I don't know if it has a lot to do with the fact that Microsoft just completely blew it, or the fact that I—I I, I know for me that I—you know—usually I get both systems. I, I'm like Travis, I, you know, I have every system that there is, and continue to have a lot of the older systems and still play them. Um, and I was going to get the PlayStation anyways, but looking at some of the games, looking at listening to their press conference, and having what they brought to the table just really made me more excited about it. And, and yeah, and I am a probably a little bit bigger Xbox fan than I am Sony, but it just... It a little so, bit? Well, we're <laughs> still friends, Rich. Huh? We're still friends. Well, no, see, here's, here's the thing. And, and this is why I, I kind of lean towards Xbox a little bit more is because my gamer profile, you know, I have a lot more achievements, and everybody knows I'm an achievement whore. Massive uh, achievement right. whore. And, you know, yes, the... Yes, the PlayStation has its trophies and everything, but I'd already started amassing a lot of the of the achievements, and I like the online a little bit better than what Sony has. Now, I know Sony's is they've, they've talked about it, and the PSN is getting a lot better. Massive enhancements. They've and always the, had more free games that you can download if you're part of the PSN Plus network, right. which is the pay-for online equivalent to the Xbox Live Pay Gold right. system. Which I have to say, you know, the, the new PSN even made me a little bit more excited about getting the new PlayStation, you know, opposed to what I had with the PlayStation 3. Because other than first-party games, my PlayStation 3 is a Blu-ray player. It's my, yeah, it's my 3D. that's a Blu-ray player. I, I have a 3D television. It's my 3D Blu-ray player. Totally. And, I, you know, I do. I play my first-party games. I love God of War, all those, Infamous. And, you know, but other than that, if it's a third-party title, I usually get... It on Xbox. And you're not alone. My library of games for my 360 is about three to one of my PS4 titles. Right. So and I have been more on the 360 side in this current gen. But as of this moment, I'm really leaning towards Sony. Well, see, both systems, you know, with me being a home audio integrator and everything like that, the Xbox extra features with the television stuff really interest me, too. 
but that that all happened before E3. Going into E3, I was thinking Xbox definitely better than PlayStation. As they're coming out, I'm looking at them both on an equal playing field now. So yeah, that should answer there your you question. <laughs> Jeff, how did you feel that? Uh, did anybody go into the conference? Anybody come out of E3 a lot better than they went in to E3? Yeah, I think I would just echo a lot of uh, Rich's statements there. I mean, and and I'm not saying this just because I work for the company, but uh, it was definitely our show, and, and I'm happy that it was our show because, let's face it, PlayStation uh, was number three, and we finally slipped up to number two, and we're hoping to be number one again. I mean, we were number one during the PS2 days. and uh, You guys really we were, yeah. Back there. Well, PS2 is the last new system I bought, so that, hey, hey. that dates and me. They're still making games for it, just so you know. That's amazing. I still play all the old ones. So, hey Jeff, was there a, was there a rush or a determination of when the new console was going to come out, just because of what happened with the PlayStation 3 coming out a year behind the Xbox 360? Can can somebody repeat Rich's question? Uh, he was cutting out of on his microphone. Rich is wondering if there's a rush to get the PS4 out at the same time as the Xbox One, considering that the PS3 came out a year after the Xbox 360. Uh, I don't think there was any coincidence on that. Um, I do know that for PlayStation 3, Sony really wanted to put the Blu-ray inside the machine. Because obviously there was an ulterior motive, uh, because there was a format war between Blu-ray and HD DVD. Right. And we decided to wait a year until Blu-ray was more uh, refined, and that we can put it into the PS3. But the, but the caveat to that is that Xbox 360 had a year ahead of us by right. doing that. So do you feel like you'll be able to compete a little bit better this time with them coming out? Yeah. At the now same that time? they're both coming out at the same time, I mean, now we can. Uh, start at the starting line at the same time. So we'll see what happens. Well, I think it makes it better for developers as well because now they get to design for both systems. And both systems, a lot of their... their Slightly different architecture, but generally overall, same computer. I mean, generally, right. computer is almost identical. It's just you've got some architectural differences between right. the two. Well, I will say that the PS4 does have an x86 in there, and every single developer, including independents, know how to program that architecture that's true that that motherboard has been out for 10 years so there's nothing new about that board yeah so there so, shouldn't be any... so what's going to happen is is that now we're attracting pc developers so when they make their pc games they can say hey we can port this onto the ps4 because it's pretty much exactly the same you don't have to worry about the whole cell technology problem that's correct. <laughs> yeah, outside the PS3, the cell doesn't exist. But uh, with the x86, and remember, I, I have to hand it off to Mark Cerny, who uh, is the lead architect. And this guy is a PC guy. So the PS4 was basically designed by a PC guru. Hey, Jeff, um, real quick. Um, we know that the, as far as backwards compatibility for the PlayStation 4, uh, it's all going to be done on the cloud. There's not going to be any... They, yeah, they, they released the announcement of Gaikai. Right. But my question is, is there... I know that Microsoft at one point had talked about... This is before the whole DRM change and everything. They talked about maybe possibly doing a buyback for some of the games to get the same copy digitally you know, through their, their Xbox cloud. Will PlayStation, do you know uh, if they're thinking of doing something like that or... What are they going to do about a lot of the games that people already own for the PlayStation 3 that would probably carry over to the 4? 
Yeah, so with Gaikai, Gaikai is our very fast internet gaming streaming service. Uh, we researched a lot of different streaming services out there, and we found that Gaikai was one of the fastest. So what do we do? We bought them. So Gaikai is now infused into the PS4. Now that service does not come out until next year, and I don't have a lot of details on it, but they did mention at the press conference that you will have access to your PS3 library through uh, Gaikai. Now, when we get closer, though, we'll definitely have a lot more details for you. Okay, so we have no answer specifically if that means my entire PS3 game library, library I actually own already or I'm going to have to repurchase. Yeah, I don't have any details on that, but uh, when we get closer, hopefully I'll have that for you. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're about just going to wrap this up. Um, Jeff, I want to give you, uh, actually I'll give all of you a last word. Just, um, just give me something about E3, take it away from it. Uh, like, give me a final word on wh how you felt about the whole, the whole week. Well, I will tell you that E3, the excitement there was infectious. Uh, and it didn't matter which booth I went into, even Nintendo's booth. Uh, people were just ex overall excited about being a gamer. If you are a gamer... The year 2013 and in the future, this is definitely the, the time to be a gamer. Uh, it's very exciting. And, and it really doesn't matter which hardware you want to get because there's going to be great games on every single hardware. Uh, I mean, if you're a gamer, you're going to have at least two. And hopefully one of them is the PlayStation 4. <laughs> well, but, obviously. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the, the last word from Jeff is go buy the PlayStation 4. Hey, that was That was it. Go buy the PlayStation 4. And seriously, you do want to pre-order because the demand is very, very high right now. And if you do not pre-order, you probably won't get the first wave. Hey, Jeff, let me ask you real quick. I know we're wrapping up, but I, I just thought of a good question. Um, there's been a lot of talk that we are seeing a decline in gaming. And I wanted to ask you that since you are a rep that goes into a lot of different stores and a lot of different you know, uh, retail market or retail distributors, do you feel and do you see that there is a decline in gaming? No, it's actually the opposite. There's been an increase in gaming. In fact, almost everybody now plays some sort of game, even if it includes your Android phone. So almost everybody plays some sort of games. Uh, it just depends on what medium you want to play it on. I'd like to meet who wrote that because they're dumb. I've, it was, I've seen it in a couple of different interviews and a couple mm. of different programs. Mm. Just concur. So Travis, what do you take away from the week? You know, it's whole. it's interesting because uh, I remember the last next gen of gaming when it was the 360 and the PS3 and the Wii. And it was like, oh, the future of gaming, the future of gaming. What I'm taking away from this is uh, competition is great. Yep. And everybody's got open competition. And everybody's coming out at the same time. And everybody gets to fight with what they think is the best for the future of gaming. And there's going to be some new smaller parties throwing themselves in the game we've got the steam box and the piston possibly down the road a little ways um i just know that i looked online the other day and somebody had posted a picture of the first release titles for the 360 and the ps3 and then the uh, two more release titles that were shown at e3 this year for the ps4 and the xbox one and the separation in look and feel and sound and cinematics in those games to what we've got now and to imagine where we're going to be in another seven years of development of console gaming uh it's it's a great great time to play games 
and it looks like it's only going to get exponentially better. There's more money being spent on the cinematic experience, the storytelling. So uh, I can't wait to see what people like Supergiant Games, like Naughty Dog, like Sony, like EA, like all these different developers, see what they are going to do with this next generation of technology. It's, it's going to be very exciting to see what comes next. Oh, yeah. I think that a lot of what I saw come out of E3, besides all the confusion with all the DMR and all, you know the, the two big boys really putting out their consoles, what I saw as the core of this year's E3 was the independent game cup publisher. And it, Sony and Microsoft both have really embraced. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. So no independent publishing on the Xbox One is, into, is embracing the independent game publisher? I said Xbox One. I said Microsoft. Yeah, they're not allowing independent game publishing on the Xbox One. Yeah, they are. No, you have to be signed with a publisher. Yeah, actually, I can comment on that. Uh, Microsoft is still not allowing you to self-publish. I mean, you can you can actually publish a game onto the Xbox, but it won't be your property anymore. Right. right. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not we saying do, we I'm, do allow uh, self-publishing. So when you make a game onto the PlayStation platform, it is still your game. You still own the rights to it. Now, I wasn't really necessarily mis- mentioning the the self-publisher. I'm talking about the smaller companies that have usually had to have their games show up on the PSN or the Xbox Live in order to get some recognition, some people out there. Mm. They're ag- some of these smaller companies are now being able to develop larger games. Like the Super Giants. Like the Super yeah. Giants. Like the folks that made uh, uh, Walking Dead, right. which like, is exploding. Like Rise, like The Order. These mm-hmm. are smaller companies that are not the EA, not the Activision, and not, you know, not – THQ, which you know is gone now, pretty much, but it's gone, yeah. But the, these are smaller companies, or even you know, talk about Ubisoft. Ubisoft is like one of the big major players, yeah. But these smaller independent companies, power now, to the little guy, right, are now developing the big games people are talking about. So, Ethan, what did you take away from E3? Wait, the last let me of guess, us. the last. <laughs> of us. Well, my last word, right? Yeah, uh, last of <laughs> us. No, I mean. Um, Dead. Was there any other games you saw at either? Did you just did watch? You did you seriously just look at the Did you just Last watch the entire gameplay of The Last of Us? I Is did, that all actually. you did? I no. feel just uh, rewind, exactly. replay, rewind. No, You're like Olivia over. Munn without the boobs. Oh, I do got some. He's got some manners. All right, let me stop that conversation right now. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Thank really you appreciate again it. For Thank me. you for all the thank fantastic you, information. Uh, Rich, tell the people where they can find us online. You can find us at facebook.com backslash nerdables. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Nerdable Show. And you can go to our website, which is www.nerdables.com, and you can always go to find us on iTunes. Just type in Nerdables and you'll get us. Again, for our special guest, Jeff Hoffman. For Ethan Travis Rich, this is Chris signing off for this week. Ah!